0: Hey, folks, welcome to another episode of the Dream Big Podcast with Bob Goff and friends. I am your host, Scott Schimmel, and I'm here with Bob Goff.
1: Hey, everybody. Hey, I, I got to tell you we have just passed 2 million downloads. So you guys, thank you so much for uh, uh, dialing into this. And then even more than just listening, I'm just grateful for all the things that you're doing. We're hearing stories from you about how you're making moves in your life. And I hope you'll continue to do that. What a neat celebration today to bring a, a friend on. Scott, who do we have today?
0: Named Max Lucado. He's a pastor, he's a speaker, he's an author. He's a guy that I've looked up to for years and years, and he's a good friend of yours.
1: Yes. You know what? It was so fun. I uh, traveled down to San Antonio to see him at his church and uh, there was an event and they said, do you want to do it? It's down at San Max Lucato's church. I'm like, yes. So I ran down there. He was having a knee operation. <laughs> I was like, no. So we ended up uh, becoming friends a little bit later through a bunch of uh, circumstances where we ended up at the same place. And I just uh, really trust the voice of uh, some people in my life. And it's not because he's an awesome author, it's because he's a kind man. Um, he, you're gonna sense uh, wisdom and kindness. And I just hope as you lean in, you'll find a pencil, you'll take a couple notes, and if you need a cool glass of water on a long run that you're on, uh, you just found it. Uh, let's listen in to Max Lucado. Hey, everybody, uh, welcome, Max, to the uh, podcast today. I'm so glad you're here.
2: Wow, Bob, I,
1: I've
2: I've been looking forward to this. Uh, I think so highly of you. Uh, anytime I have a chance to, you know, either read or hear you, uh, I jump at the opportunity because of your contagious joy. And we need it. We, you know, uh, fear is contagious, but so is faith.
1: And, yeah, bingo. And we're, we're
2: all trying to catch some of your faith.
1: Well, I'm t- I'm telling you, the words that are spoken by kind people are ones that uh, have a shelf life in our life. And I hope if you're listening to this, that you have a couple of kind people that you'll be uh, surrounding yourself with that can speak some words of truth and calm over you. They're not blowing sunshine at you; they're just saying the truth. Max, I want you to know, we sat next to each other most recently, and you told a story about bringing home the bread. And I'm telling you, it is months later and I'm still think about a kind person who said some words that really had shelf life to me. And uh, so thank you for spending a little bit of time with us. At this Dream Big podcast, we talk about ambitions, we talk about setbacks, we talk about things that are going on in people's lives. We just want to be super real about that. And your authenticity is one of your outstanding characteristics. You'll be uh, remembered for authenticity and love and uh, this idea of being thought of as the nation's kind of pastor has been well learned. That wasn't something you uh, sought out, but that's what comes from a life lived. So what are some of the things that you've been thinking about recently as you think of about hope and joy and then the reality of circumstances? What's been going through your mind?
2: Well, these are these are such unusual times uh, in which we live and um people are are very nervous they're very nervous uh they are um re- just it's just life on edge you know we're we're we're, we're, we're i feel just kind of like we're all stretched stretched like uh i don't know like a, a trampoline cloth you know just just right on edge what i what I, f- I find myself coming back to are some of our favorite stories in the bible One of them is the Old Testament story of Joseph and how he perceived that it was right to uh, gather up grain for seven years so that when the calamity uh, struck, he would be in a position to feed people for seven years. I think that's a picture of the church at its best, Bob, Or, or people at their best, to be honest, people at their best, but especially the church. And that is that. Uh, over the years, uh, you know, the Lord places goodness within us—truth, uh, and hope, and love, and forgiveness, and grace. We have these granaries, uh, full not of grain, but of, of just goodness. And now is that Joseph moment for us. Now is the time we've got to open those granaries and share hope, uh, just like you do. Just just give it away in abundance, and not assume that um, people. Uh, are, are, are keeping balance because I think many people are losing their balance right now because of the, the, the fright, the, the, the panic that's in the world. So I think this is a good moment for us. It's a, it's a very hard moment, but this is the moment uh, for which faith was made and that is open the granaries, give it out, be in abundance, be uh, generous in every way you can.
1: Yeah, I just—I uh, know those words are landing in so many people's hearts right now. This idea that we're res- rivers, we're not reservoirs; that we're not mm-hmm. storing this stuff up. You don't want to store up your love like you're gonna have some later. Uh, just, just give it away right now, and it'll be in the small ways. It'll be the things that we do now will be the things that are remembered. For literally, it'll be generations. It, it isn't just the widow's mite that is a story that's told for generations. It's a small act of love that we do for a neighbor. Exactly. It's exactly. the thing that we do. It won't be in the big, colossal things, it'll be in the more important kind of small things.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yesterday, my wife, Dina, Lynn, um, disappeared for about an hour and a half. I was in here working in my office, and she just, like, I, typically she'll walk past and I'll see her and I'll. Chat kind of has it going, you know, but I didn't see her for an hour and a half. And finally, she reappeared from a corner of the house. And I said, honey, where you been? And she uh, said, well, you remember so-and-so. And I said, yeah, you know, and she reminded me, she said, you know, she's a single mom and she has a son with special needs. And, uh, and they're, you know, uh, they're, they're shelter in place. Uh, and uh, I think I just couldn't get her off my mind. So I went and I called her, and, and we talked for an hour and a half. And I thought, that, that is just so unselfish, you know. That, yeah. that's, I, I, I'm not a big talker, Bob, so for me to talk to somebody for 20 minutes is yeah. monumental, monumental. <laughs> but I said, honey, you'll never know how much that meant to her, you know. Uh, and this isn't somebody who's a part of our church. She's not somebody who's really a part of our community. She lives 90 minutes away from us. But, but my wife, God bless her, just gave up, you know, an hour and a half, went and sat in a corner and just talked, talked. And I think that's what you're talking about.
1: Somebody's going to say, uh, tell me about the spring of 2020. And if you ask that, uh, single mom, she's going to say, I got a phone call from somebody and we just sat there and we laughed and we cried. And so I just want you to say, if you are having a, uh, found a wide spot in the road to pull over get home. Uh, but when you get home, I want you to think through, um, what's one small thing you can do today and to make a difference? What, what we get to do is we have this thing that a lot of us have been looking for is some time at home, and we're looking for change. We want to be new creations. And uh, I'm kind of laughing. I get a an advantage over some people that are listening and that I'm looking at you, Max, and you're looking at me. And the one thing we have in common is plaid shirts. And did you know this, that Forrest Gump, you got to get this on Netflix, every time Forrest was about to change, he wore a blue plaid shirt. Isn't that crazy? You- yeah. When he was changing from, you know, this to the military, blue plaid shirt. When he was when he was writing the name Jenny on the fishing boat, blue plaid shirt. Do you remember how the movie ends? Little Forest is getting on the bus. What's he, Little Forest, wearing? Blue plaid shirt? Yes, it's a blue plaid shirt. Blue plaid shirt. So I'm telling you, man, if you want to change, get the blue plaids out. Uh, I just... Maria's got blue plaid socks for me, boxers, everything. Uh, she's hoping that I'll change. And I'll tell you, if you're listening, Jesus is hoping you'll change into a more humble, more available person. The, uh, and we each do it differently. I'm a guy that loves being out with people and available to people. And here's my cell phone number. Uh, but sweet Maria didn't come from the factory that way. How about you, Max?
2: I'm 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 less like that. My wife is more like you. Uh, she um, this shelter-in-place thing is not m- meant for her. Uh, yeah. She uh, but she, you know to her credit, she she's uh, respectful of it. Uh, but she does meander down our street and keep you know respectful distances. But she'll sit and carry on a conversation with somebody uh, across a street you know, with her on one sidewalk, the other person. And she'll stand there for 20 or 30 minutes easily. Uh, I'm more of a, uh, you know, I've always enjoyed being, working by myself. I guess that's why writing has always worked for me, because it it requires an an ability to isolate yourself somewhat. Uh, So I'm I'm a little less than she is uh, on that spectrum.
1: And I think if we want to do something just glorious for Jesus, why don't we start by being who we are? He made us the way we are. Instead of spending all this time trying to be like each other, because we'll never be like him if if I'm trying to be like Max Lucado or Max is trying to be like me, or we're trying to be like somebody else. So just rest in that uh, as you're listening to say, who are you? And then I would just tap in to get your blue plaids on and to change into a more creative version of you. Uh, If you've got kids, get a couple peach cans, uh, tie a string uh, between them, go around and spend the next 15 minutes trying to figure out if you can actually hear each other. Uh, along that string, do those kinds of things that will, uh, uh, replant whimsy and joy into your relationship. I've never given sweet Maria Daisy that had more than three petals on it. <laughs> and the first time she's like, what the heck? And then she's like, Oh, I get it. He loves me. He loves me. not. He loves me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're, it'll be you're those... rigging
2: the system. You've rigged yes. the system.
1: Uh, Totally. I found the cheat codes. So what if we are the men and women that let our faith start informing our face? Uh, to say that there's a bunch of joy, if we really see that there's hope uh, in our faith, then have that inform your countenance as you're around people. I'm not saying fake it, but to just be the But how do you deal with... With this idea of a fear and anxiety, what are some practical tips? You wrote a great great book called "Anxious for Nothing." Can you give us some of us that, yeah. uh, some of the highlights from there?
2: Yeah, yeah. the The whole book is organized around uh, an acrostic C A L M, Calm, calm. Uh, and and I take that passage in Philippians four. Be anxious for nothing, which is, by the way, the most underlined verse in the Bible, according to Kendall. Um, And I I talk about the first thing Paul says is rejoice in the Lord. Then the next thing Paul says is uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, let your requests be made known to God. With thanksgiving would be the third. And then the last is meditate on good things. And then he gives a list of nine things upon which we should meditate. So I think that's a pretty helpful. Tool, uh, we instead of in days like today, make it a point to rejoice in the Lord. Uh, by that, I, I mean, or I think what the Apostle Paul meant is we rejoice in God's goodness, we rejoice in his presence, we rejoice in his provision, you know, whatever we need to rejoice in. Uh, and it, instead of focusing on the problem, we turn our attention to him as often as we can. I just prepared a, and presented a, a Good Friday. Uh, sermon. We captured it, actually, in a studio, and uh, it it dawned on me to look at the number of times Jesus spoke on Good Friday. He spoke 13 times, and of those times, Bob, 10 of them were either about God or to God. Mm. 10 of them were about God or to God. He was either talking about uh, God or talking to God. And so I thought, well, my goodness, here I am on my, you know, wimpy version of a Good Friday, these struggling, difficult days in which we find ourselves. Would would 10 out of 13 of my comments be about God or to God? You know, I think the idea is to saturate your mind with God. And then you ask God for help. Be anxious for nothing. Ask God for help. Let everything by prayer and petition, let your requests be made known to God. Then Then leave them with God. That's that phrase with Thanksgiving. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, I can leave this with you. And then we, because we have some space in our brain that's suddenly available because we're not anxious, we can meditate on good things. We, we think about what we're thinking about. One final thought there, uh, that phrase anxious for nothing, be anxious for nothing, that's, that's written in that Greek tense that says, uh, do not allow yourselves to be perpetually anxious. You know, anxiety's gonna come with life, it is. Everybody's gonna get anxious. Uh, but but we don't have to let anxiety control our lives. What 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 I like to, to to help people see is there's a there's a downward spiral of fret that'll suck you under like a like quicksand. That's what you got to be careful of. If you're anxious, don't beat yourself up. Just just redirect your thoughts toward God. Ask him for help. Leave your concerns with him. Meditate on good things. And and I I, I think we can I think we can get through this.
1: And yeah, calling out uh, those things that you're anxious about, actually name them instead of yeah. having a general feeling of anxiety and a discomfort to say, well let's just talk about what that is to have a moment of pause to say if I'm really getting the blue plaids out if I'm really going to change, I need to identify what it is that I'm anxious about. And you can say, okay, so my finances And so making yeah. that known to God. and but it isn't just as we're making it known to God, we're actually making it known to ourselves. Uh, so, good. So, so, good, so say then, second thing, I'm uh, anxious about some relationships. I'm maybe a person that you said I do to, maybe you're somebody that wants to say I do to you and you don't. <laughs> so, and to say, you know, that's just making me ang- anxious about that. I'm going to bring that to God, but then also in bringing to God to ask Him for some wisdom on that. Uh, oftentimes we're in a big hurry and Uh, I guarantee you we're not for the next little bit. Um, And so to say, got the blue plaids on, ready to name these things. There have been some setbacks. I'm not going to let them push me around. I'm going to say I'm a new creation. Now, who's new Bob? Uh, Who does God say new Bob is going to be? And then understanding context. That's what was flooding through my mind as you were talking. There's a, a Disney boat that pulls in to port. Uh, here in San Diego two times a week. I've been thinking, Max, for 10 years, every time I see the Mickey Mouse on the smokestacks, I thought, I wish I was on that boat. And for the last couple days, I've been looking at that. I've been thinking, I'm glad I'm not on that boat. (laughs) That is not the happiest place on earth right now. But it's the the same boat. It's the same path, uh, but it's a different time and it's a different context. And so Uh, to the people that are listening. Could you just take a big breath with me here? We're not going to do burn incense and do yoga, but just take a breath and just chill out. Could you just give yourself a break? Heaven is not waving a bony finger at you. There's this beautiful thing called grace uh, that this peace of God that would transcend, that would just be below and beneath anything you and I could figure out, just wants to flood in. Uh, you wrote another book called Jesus. Uh, we, I was teasing you that that wasn't the most creative title, uh, but I get who the main character is. Tell us about that one.
2: This is the book that I've wanted to help help write or be a part of for years. And, and, uh, and it's a book that I could give to somebody who knew nothing about Christ, who knew nothing about Christ, but wanted to, but wanted to. Uh, and so I, I took, the life of Christ and divided the life of Christ up into the main six six main promises you know like uh, the incarnation of Christ he's one of us uh, the kindness of Christ uh, the words of Christ and and so I go all the way through the the death and the burial and the resurrection and the return of Christ and and what what i felt very good Bob about this book is that I think it achieved the purpose that that if somebody didn't know anything about Christ, but they wanted to get the big ideas, you know, just the big ideas, in a in a fashion uh, that's uh, accessible, that doesn't require a, a seminary degree. But they wanted to just say, I want to I want to know who He is because I either need to know Him or I'm just curious about Him. You know, whether they're cynical or whether they're sincere in seeking Him. Uh, that's that was the objective of this book. So I felt really good about it. I feel like it came together well in the end. And it's one of those that uh, I'm hoping is is acquainting people with Christ.
1: One of the things I've spent a little bit of time doing uh, with this change in circumstances and context, I got a copy of the NIV Bible in Word, and I decided to start annotating it. To say, what do I think about that? What's a story that? whereas I changed the colors because I don't want to do that thing in Revelations where you add something and you get like every plague, and you're like, I'm like, just an annotation here, <laughs> not adding or subtracting. But, but to say, to sit down and to say during this time, could you write some stories that will be the things that your kids or your grandkids or others can read? Can it be a time of personal reflection that you could turn into some words? You and I have a bias towards words. And if you're listening, you don't need to be an author to auth. (laughs) Just write a couple words. (laughs) And and to get those words down and then to say what it'll cause you to do in this whole idea of making these things known to God, you reveal them to yourself, find a little bit more precision for them, and find new words, new and better words to describe a feeling instead of like, I'm anxious. What I'm actually feeling is insecure. Um, what I'm feeling is, uh, uh like sedentary. I, but, and, and what I'm going to do about that is I'm going to take a, a walk around the block. I'm going to, I'm going to reflect a couple times a day. What are the things that you do just at a super practical level to get to deal with anxiety? when you feel a wave of that coming and a lot of people are leaning in right now. Cause they go like, well, you're Max Lucado. Like you're the, just short of having a cape in most people's minds. So what is a guy who everybody thinks got it figured out, knowing that you've got, you know, the same feeling? said, what do you do when you're anxious? Well,
2: I, I'm not a Superman, not, not at all. Uh, one of my jobs today was to uh, yeah, I'm 65 years old. Okay. So um, um, I have uh, had a retirement plan, you know, for many, many years, building up to this year. And this year I went on it. I went on a retirement plan. I don't draw a salary from the church. I mean, I haven't for a long time. But, and so I thought, okay, this is good. I'm going to live off this retirement. And, uh, and so all this stuff happened here in the last month. And I, I'll tell you the truth, Bob. I, I didn't quite have the courage to look in the bank account to see what happened. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm still fine. I'm blessed beyond words. Okay. So let me get that's a huge caveat. But I finally called up my friend at the bank and I said, Well, what's the bad news? And he gave me the bad news and he said, Here, you ought to rec- recalibrate. And, and so I, uh, as right before I got on the call here, I thought, Okay, I better look at our budget. And so uh, I, I was dealing with those fears, you know, the fear of running out. I won't run out. God's a good provider. I've preached the sermon. I need to pull sermons down off the shelf and preach them at myself. Yeah. But I had to work, I had to work it through, Bob. I had to I had to say, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. I kind of had a panic moment there. I know you're the provider. I know you're going to take care of me. You have for all these many years. But I just had to the phrase I like to use is talk myself back off the ledge. Yeah, you know, talk myself back off the ledge. Here I was right kind of kind of getting in a panic moment. And when I do that, what what helps me is to, number one, remember God's promises. Number two, as we just said, articulate the fear, the specific fear, and take that articulated fear and turn it into a prayer. Then take a promise and match it with that prayer. God, you said, God, you said, and I'm going to believe you. Here's my fear. But I love what you're saying, Bob, because when you articulate the more specific we can be about this fear, then uh, it's kind of like stripping the clothes off of it, you know. When you w- when you can walk that fear up before God and say, "God, I am afraid that I am going to not be able to," da 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 da. Then it it it's I don't know. There's something about that 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 causes it to be suddenly impotent. Impotent. Yes. Uh, it takes the it takes the starch out of it when you say that in the presence of God.
1: Yeah, I think the uh, uh, each of us has uh, kind of a, there's the real us and then there's a caricature of us. Yeah. So I write some books and put balloons on it. and I'm a pretty happy guy. Uh, but there's a caricature of Bob, the happy guy. And what most people uh, don't realize, uh, an underlying fear I've had to like name and call out is a fear of absolute rejection. Isn't that crazy? Every time I've gotten up in front of, Anybody, uh, large or small, the first thought I have is I'm going to be totally rejected. Nobody will want to hear what I have to say. Um, I just, what am I doing here? I feel like a fraud. I'd like, um, And I've needed to pause and have a call to Sweet Maria almost every single time to say, I'm, I'm about to go up. I'm hearing those same words that have yeah. been spoken over me, uh, but they are not truth. And, uh, and to just say, to bring to Jesus what it is, wherever that fear, and then people would go like, well, you're Max, or you're the happy guy, you're the balloon boy, and and not fall for this caricature of who we are, but to just get really honest and vulnerable. And that's where we really get the plaids out. That's when we really start changing.
2: Don't you think it's amazing that Jesus uh, cried in the Garden of Gethsemane? Yeah. I just think that's an amazing moment. Mm. That that that, and he, and it appears in all the gospels. And he cried out loud enough so that the followers. He took three in there with him. He didn't keep it a secret. I mean, he was afraid, and it took three prayers for him to finally gather himself. And so, if Jesus needed a Garden of Gethsemane meltdown moment, how much more do we? And so, I say, let's let's give yourself a meltdown or two. It's going to be okay.
1: I was in a uh, uh, visiting with a friend of mine backstage at a uh, concert he was going to do. And there was another guy in the room and uh, we, we were in the room for probably an hour or so. And this guy that was in the room had the most piercing eyes, Max. It was just crazy. It looked like he was looking right through me, I, but I never really spoke to him. I just was in the room and we walked outside before the concert started and people saw him and they just lost their minds. And his name is Jim Caviezel. And uh, he was Jesus in the Passion. I, I was in a room with Jesus for one hour, and I didn't even know who he was. Um, and I think that happens all the time. It's Mary running to the tomb, and she thinks she's talking to the gardener. She didn't know who Jesus was either. She didn't recognize him. Uh, but he didn't uh, dress her down. He didn't make fun of her. He just said her name. I, I'm thinking you and I ought to do a sermon like that, just one word like he did, Mary. And then just drop the mic and walk off the stage. And, and I think that if we could, at a time of anxiety, a time of feeling rejection, if we could just know that Jesus uh, is empathetic to us, that we don't always recognize uh, who he is or where he is. But if we slow down a little bit and call out these things by name, that we'll actually see Jesus in the room.
2: There's another great illustration of that. and that's That one is, is so powerful, of Jesus appearing to Mary. And then in the middle of the storm, remember when he walked on the water and all the disciples thought he was a ghost?
1: Yeah.
2: They, they misunderstood who he was. And I was thinking of that just this morning because I was reading that scripture and I thought, Lord, in, in this stormy times, um, people are thinking, you created this, you're mad at us, you're punishing somebody, you know, they're misinterpreting who you really are. But Jesus could have gotten offended at the disciples. You know, he could have said, <laughs> well, forget you guys. You call me a ghost. I'm going to disappear on you for sure. But he yeah. didn't. He didn't. You know, he let Peter come to him. And then the, the most curious part of that story, I think, is that Jesus, once he was in the boat, instantly they were at dry land. So some kind of miracle happened <laughs> there. And, and and I guess that means let's, let's invite Jesus into this boat with us. Let, let's invite him in and uh inviting to to work another
1: miracle. And he uh he rose from the dead and the first thing that he did wasn't to make a speech he made his friends breakfast and they Amen. didn't recognize who was on the beach cooking. And uh, I just like that idea. So, if you're if you've been listening into this podcast you're have been listening to Max Lucado a just not only a friend but uh, a pastor to me and so many others um but let me just ask you those questions are you willing to change are you willing to get the plaids out um are you willing to call out some of these fears uh to be anxious for nothing but to identify call it out with a ton of authenticity and then just invite jesus into this whether you've been hanging out with him for 10 minutes or 20 years doesn't matter to say right here right now let me keep it super real and to say, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna invite you to try to calm the storm in the middle of it. Max, thank you so much. It is good to see you, my friend, and uh, blessings on you and your household as you keep leading with love. Thank
2: you, my friend. Boy, this went fast. It went fast. Hey, can, can I just tell people uh, I'm I'm posting daily messages of encouragement at maxlocato.com. Uh, if you need a word of encouragement every day, I try to put a little five or 10 minute message up there just to lift our spirits. So if you'd like, a either that, or if you can't get to sleep, listen to me, I've been putting people to sleep for 35 years.
1: (laughs) We can also find that. Can't you, aren't you putting those? I've been watching some on Instagram and other social media platforms.
2: Yeah. All those. those, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Thanks, man. So
0: long. The most frequent questions we hear at Dream Big are actually really simple. The questions are this, how do I do it? How do I focus on my ambitions and bring them to life? How do I reorganize everything and move towards these dreams that are inside me? That's what Dream Big is all about. And we want to give you an actual resource that you can use so that you can move from your ideas and your ambitions to reality. So go to the link in the show notes, download a really simple workbook that you can use today. Well, Bob, right now, there's obviously so much fear and insecurity in the world. And in this theme of the month, we're talking about how you dream big for the world. And that's a big question, especially as we're all isolating and trying to stay away from one another. You and Max in the conversation brought us up and started to help us think about how do we not just be isolated, but actually bring faith and hope and love into the world? You know, whether you're an introvert or extrovert, what does it look like for you to take initiative and move towards people, the people in your life, the people around you who are feeling fearful right now? And maybe that looks like talking across the street to somebody. Maybe that means setting up a Zoom call or sending a text. But what does it look like for us to dream big for the world as we bring hope and love and joy and faith in the midst of all that? So what does it look like for you? What's the step that you're going to take today to take initiative and to bring that to others?
1: And write that thing down. Don't just agree with uh, Max. I He very rarely says things I don't agree mm-hmm. with, but I want to actually go do it. So I'm going to get my pencil out. I'm going to write down three things I'm going to do about it today. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening in. Have a great week.